The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market Podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, the foods we eat can determine how we feel and how our bodies react to our diet. They can also determine if we have more energy or feel sleepy. The key is to strike a balance, and we'll go over the foods you can eat to keep you going strong. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town. But first up, Ken Babel has a clinical nutrition practice in Los Angeles and is a consultant to the natural food and supplement industry. He's the author of numerous books, including Mushrooms for Health and Longevity, and his latest book, The Yin Yang Diet for Balanced Nutrition, Health and Harmony. And we welcome him to the Mother's Market Podcast. How are you? Oh, well, thank you. Nice to be with you. Nice to have you here. Why don't you fill our audience in a little bit on your mission and work before we get to today's show topic? Well, we're going to talk about uh, yin and yang, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, yin and yang is an ancient Asian concept, and I chose that to frame modern nutrition science in that perspective of yin and yang. Yin and yang, you know, uh, describe polar opposites and how they function in relation to each other. Uh, They describe how uh, they're interconnected, interdependent, and complementary. There are yin-yang pairs, for example, like we could think of yin and yang as uh, male-female, active-passive, masculine-feminine, front-back, hot-cold, outside-inside. Uh, but yin and yang also describe the process of change, like day into night or night into day. So energy moves in a pendulum swing between opposites. And one side is neither better nor worse than the other unless it becomes too extreme. Some people um, are probably familiar with the yin-yang symbol. You know, it's that circle. And some say it looks like two nestling fishes within that circle, one dark, one white represents the dark, represents the yin, the light represents yang, and within each of those you'll find a a dot, a black dot within the white portion uh, that represents, um, nothing is purely yin or yang, you know, you find both aspects. For example, you know, a peach is soft uh, and that would be described as yin, but it has a, a hard core, which would be yang. But this yin-yang symbol, you know, you, you also see it uh, represented like in the South Korean flag. It's part of the part of their flag. I didn't realize that. Uh, I, I guess I have to you know, think back to that. But how do yin-yang relate to health and disease? Uh, Well, you know, this is a fundamental concept in traditional Chinese medicine. It's been practiced for 3,000 years. And in that system, disease is an imbalance between yin and yang. So when either is deficient or excessive, it fails to restrict the other in this balanced relationship we have. So being too yin or being too yang without being able to return to balance constitutes a state of disease. Yin illnesses, you know, would be characterized by weakness, slowness, coldness, underactivity. Yang illnesses, on the other hand, would be characterized by strength or forceful movements, heat, overactivity, etc. So 
if disharmony is slight, you know, we might feel kind of vaguely off balance. And how do you, how did yin-yang relate to food? Nutrition science is, is based on chemical composition of the food, uh, where in traditional Chinese medicine, it's based on food energetics. You know, food has uh, various properties. <clears throat> and of course, you know, in traditional Chinese medicine, food is viewed as medicine uh, and something that nourishes us, harmonizes the body and the mind and the spirit. But in this traditional Chinese medicine approach, the energetics I'm speaking of would be, you know, uh, food, for example, heats us or cools us. It energizes or calms us. It acidifies or alkalizes us. And that's uh, that gentle swing between the polar opposites is what keeps us stable. So if one side becomes out of proportion for too long, uh, balance is disrupted, and we feel unwell, and we become susceptible to disease. And in your book, you talk about the yin-yang life battery. What is the yin-yang life battery? Yeah. Uh, if I could back up for a little second, you know, foods can be categorized as yin or yang. And, you know, on the extreme end of yin, you would find alcohol and sugar. And on the extreme end of yang, you would find red meat and salt. So near the balance point, near neutral, you would find vegetables and fruits being slightly yin and whole grains and fish being slightly yang. So, you know, you don't want to be caught in a trap of eating extreme foods solely. So it's best to focus more in, in the middle. But, you know, the diet, it's, it's about being flexible, diverse, uh, moderate in harmony with your own rhythms and needs. Sometimes we might need to emphasize more yang foods. Sometimes we might need to emphasize more yin foods. Yeah, and as you say, it's that balance. Um, so, again, I was going to ask you that about your book, and you talked about the yin-yang, the life battery. What is that life yeah, battery? Yeah, if I can give you another example of yin and yang, fats, for example, have a negative charge, and protein has a positive charge, would be, which would be yang. And fats, the negative, would be yin. <clears throat> so uh, this concept of a, a life battery actually was uh, attributed to a fellow by the name of Hans Selye. He was a... A Canadian scientist. He was actually nominated for a Nobel Prize for his work into the nature of stress. Mm. And he theorized that humans, you know, have sort of a life battery, just sort of the same as a regular battery, you know, with a positive and a negative pole. So he wondered how we might recharge this life battery. And as I say, it turns out fats have the uh, negative charge, protein has a positive charge. So you know, it's important to get good quality protein and good quality essential fats. You know, one of the first persons to consider the health implications of, of fat consumption was uh, this German biochemist by the name of Johanna Budwig. And this is going back in the 1950s. She had a, a uh, she was renowned for a cancer clinic. And she had this protocol for her cancer patients, which included flaxseed oil. And she used cottage cheese, uh, a dairy protein. Nowadays, we tend to favor the, the whey protein a little bit more for providing a good type of protein. So, yeah, the yin-yang battery, 
uh, I think, a good way to keep it charged. And, and by the way, you know, new life is created by this interaction between fat and protein. For example, a sperm and a, and a woman's ovum come together to form new life. The sperm is yang. The, the ovum is mostly fat. It comes together to form new life. So one of the things I like to do to help recharge our life battery, so to speak, and help people rebuild healthy new tissue is to consume a protein oil shake every day. It's a convenient way to start the day off, and uh, it's easily digested. And uh, that's one of the yin-yang recommendations I make in my book. And is that one of the examples of how we recharge our life batteries, is with that protein oil shake? Yeah, protein and essential fatty acids, like you find in flaxseed oil primarily. Uh, okay, can you put the flaxseed oil also in that shake? Which or one? The, can you put flaxseed uh, flaxseed in the protein oil shake as well? To, these are uh, really, I was going to ask you how you can recharge that life battery. Yeah, I, I would uh, go with a flaxseed oil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or, or a similar essential fatty acid supplement, you know, that has some of these uh, high-quality essential fatty acids. And can you give us another example, then, of yin-yang relating to nutrition also, such as uh, sodium and potassium? Sodium is yang, and potassium is yin. And they exist in this sort of this seesaw balance. Hmm. Most people get far too much sodium in their diet and uh, not enough potassium. But, uh, you know, minerals are, are linked to the universe. All minerals were once part of a star. So we have, all have that element in, in our human bodies. But I guess a, a common misconception is uh, some people think that, oh, I don't have high blood pressure. I'm not salt sensitive. I could have all the salt I want. But not so. This sodium-potassium ratio something that's very critical for all aspects of health. Sodium, for example, is a risk factor for osteoporosis. It's implicated in some types of cancer. So everyone should be cognizant about, you know, being careful to restrict sodium and at the same time getting adequate potassium. Sodium, of course, you know, most of it, most of it doesn't come from the salt shaker. Most of it comes from packaged, processed foods. So if, if you're careful to eliminate those processed foods, you can have a little bit of healthy salt in your diet, you know, maybe possibly from Celtic salt, which is kind of a gray salt. Celtic salt is, you could compare it to like uh, the difference between whole grain bread and white bread. The Celtic salt has other minerals in it besides the sodium. So this sodium to potassium ratio is possibly the single largest contributor to ill health. And uh, another example of interplay between, uh, between yin and yang. And what are some of those high potassium foods, some other of those? You know, our ancestors thrived on a high potassium diet, about 16 times as much potassium as sodium. And now in the modern diet, it's just the reverse. We get more sodium than potassium. But the foods, you know, beet greens, beet greens, a cup would give you about 1,300 milligrams. White beans are a good source, you know, about 1,200 milligrams. 
tomato products, baked potatoes, plums, raisins, lima beans. Some people might be inclined to take, go to the health food store and maybe get a potassium supplement. But, you know, we're, really, we're only limited to about 99 milligrams in a potassium supplement. And as I say, you know, our potassium requirement is in the thousands. So people ask me for a potassium supplement. I say, how about a, a glass of vegetable juice? A, a glass of unsalted V8 would give you about 800 milligrams of potassium compared to the 99 milligrams in a pill. FDA limits us how much potassium we could put in a pill. Mm -hmm. Potassium-depleted individuals need to be monitored by a physician, and potassium supplements can be irritating to the digestive tract. So that's the way to, best way to get the potassium. Think vegetables every meal. Okay. Um, what about other major yin-yang imbalances that you see in the modern diet? Yeah, you know, there are some major imbalances uh, that I think need to be addressed. You know, <clears throat> we, um, we could talk about, you know, for example, carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. You've got refined and unrefined carbohydrates. Uh, that's, that's a big problem, big major imbalance. These high glycemic foods. You could talk about fats and oils. Some people are getting far too much animal fat and not enough of the essential fatty acids. You know, there's some fats that we need just like vitamins every day. Another major imbalance, would, I would say, would be digestion and elimination. We need to strike, you know, a proper balance between those two. Some people might be eating all the way up to bedtime. Food and food abstinence. You know, there are benefits to, to that uh, balancing act. And uh, sometimes a fast uh, is a very quick way to correct health problems we might be experiencing. Of course, the most natural way to fast is from early evening, you know, when the sun goes down until the following morning when you break fast. Mm-hmm. Another imbalance would be, I would say, between acid and alkaline. Many people are eating a lot of grains, too many grains, too much meat and animal products. It creates this acid state in the body. So to neutralize that, the body pulls calcium from the bones to neutralize that acidity. Again, another risk factor for osteoporosis. So quite simply, you know, vegetables and fruits are alkalizing. Those are some of the major imbalances, you know, if we are really concerned about longevity and, and you know, living up to our full potential, full, full health. Well, this has been really interesting information, but right now we need to take a quick break. More in just a moment with Ken Babel, and don't go away. We will be right back. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. Fan favorites include non-GMO peanut butter pretzel bites, organic dried mango slices, and organic dark chocolate peanut clusters. Stop into your local Mother's Market today to explore all the varieties and pick some up to try for yourself. Let's talk menstruation, perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause. These shouldn't be taboo topics. They're the normal life phases we move through as women. 
And SolarAid delivers support every step of the way with her life stages. The first of its kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor formulated solutions at each stage with clinically backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy SolarAid at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with clinical nutritionist Ken Babel, and we're talking about the yin-yang diet. And Ken, what else might we do to maintain a yin-yang balance? You know, nature has provided some uh, wonderful herbs that help to maintain yin and yang balance. And um, so that's uh, part of the program I like to suggest is that people consider um, a yin tonic and a yang tonic. There you go. (laughs) I love it. So what are those yin and yang tonics? Well, The yin tonics help with the accumulation of energy and moisture in the body. They are the cooling and anti-inflammatory, anti-aging. And and I might add, you know, when we think of herbs, you know, we might think of culinary herbs. We might think of medicinal herbs, you know, which we take when we're sick or ill. We take it for a given time, and then we stop. But you have these uh, tonic herbs that are more like superfoods and can and should be used routinely. These are the superior health builders, also broadly known as adaptogens. And just like the name implies, adaptogens help us to adapt to stress, various forms of stress, whether it's physical, chemical, or emotional stress. And so they help to restore altered body conditions back to normal. So uh, the, there are yin tonics and there are yang tonics. As I say, yin tonics help with the accumulation of energy and moisture. They're anti-inflammatory, anti-aging. I'll give you a few examples. Flower pollen, uh, the cereal grasses, you know, like barley grass, wheat grass, chlorella, spirulina, bone broth, kelp, goji, hoshu wu, American ginseng, tremella mushroom, these are examples of these yin tonics. And boy, you know, the, the freshwater algae like chlorella and spirulina, they are among the most concentrated foods on earth. You could probably live off them. As far as the yang tonics, the yang tonics help us tap into that energy that we accumulate. And they are the, the sexual tonics, the athletic tonics. They stimulate metabolism. They help to build muscle. Some examples of uh, yang tonics would be ashwagandha, eleuthero, which used to be known as Siberian ginseng. And by the way, the Russian cosmonauts, when they uh, went into space, they were given eleuthero to help them cope with the rigors of space flight. And in this country, our astronauts were given amphetamines, mm-hmm. pep pills, uppers. Other examples of yang tonics would be epimedium, maca, rhodiola. So, you know, I suggest people choose a yin tonic and a yang tonic. 
Everyone can use a, a yin tonic, you know, to help with accumulation of energy. Some people, I would say, with a very yang constitution, you know, who are red-faced, very talkative, very outgoing, a very yang constitution, probably should use the yang tonics with a little bit more moderation, emphasize the yin tonics. Also, if a person is extremely depleted and exhausted, it would probably be best to really, again, uh, work with the yin tonics for a while to build that yin energy before getting into a yang tonic. But there's so many wonderful choices. When, when people learn about them, uh, I think they're going to be really excited. Wow. Well, that's fascinating. Uh, I know you've done a lot of, you've written a lot about mushrooms. And uh, so it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about um, the mushrooms and, and how you can use them. And uh, can you talk to us about why you're such a big fan of mushrooms and what they can do for us? Yeah, and mushrooms uh, are in that tonic category, you know. Mushrooms, you know, whether we're talking about like uh, shiitake, reishi, cordyceps, maitake, they are unique. When you think about it, they're, they're not a plant. They're not uh, a vitamin. Uh, they're sort of in this third kingdom, if you will, the fungal kingdom. And uh, as such, you know, they have very unique properties. Mushrooms actually, actually are a little closer to humans than they are plants. Really? Because you think about it, you know, they mimic human respiration. In other words, they take in oxygen like we do and give off carbon dioxide, where it's just the reverse with, with plants. And plants, of course, obtain their energy from the sun, and they contain chlorophyll, whereas mushrooms... You know, they kind of spring up overnight, and they're subject to be under the influence of the moon, hmm. uh, which is said to foster intuition and imagination. So they're really unique. You know, some talk about a yin tonic. Tremella mushroom is, is a wonderful yin tonic. And then you have cordyceps would be an example. It's both a yin tonic and a yang tonic. Yeah, the one, the one common property, I would say, among the mushrooms is their, is their ability to support the immune system. Mm -hmm. So much so that mushrooms have crossed over into mainstream medicine now and are becoming a part of uh, adjuvant therapy in, in cancer clinics. That's what I'm hearing, and I, I was going to ask you if you have any kind of favorite kind of mushrooms. Um, I, I like, I've, I've been hearing this, though, about crossing over and um, cancer, um, uh, I guess, what they're finding out about with mushrooms and what they're finding out about what it's doing for cancer therapy or cancer. Right, yeah. And mushrooms may be the best thing, drug, drug or natural product, drug mm -hmm. or vitamin, in terms of stimulating Im immunity. We actually have receptors for the beta-glucans that are found in mushrooms. We have receptors on our white blood cells that are activated by these beta, mushroom beta-glucans. And the white blood cells kind of seek out and destroy uh, anything perceived as foreign, whether it's viruses or bacteria or foreign, foreign tissue. So maitake is one of the outstanding mushrooms in that area. And, you know, people don't often realize it, but the all-time best-selling cancer drug in the world is a mushroom extract. Mm sold mostly in Europe and Asia called PSK. 
But, you know, we have mushroom extracts available in your local health food store right off the shelf that have actually been compared with PSK and shown to be actually even better in their anti-tumor properties. You know, the PSK, the anti-cancer drug, it was actually administered um, by injection. But when you compare it to an extract of maitake called defraction, which is a concentration of the immune-enhancing components of the mushroom, actually had better anti-tumor properties than the PSK, the anti-cancer drug. Wow. So maitake, one of the very best things to support immunity. How, how would you sum up the yin-yang diet, going back to the, your, your book and what your research has? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think uh, yin and yang are uh, another way of looking at food and the energy that foods provide. And so, you know, I would encourage people to be conscious of this uh, delicate balance and not to eat too much of the extreme foods, uh, whether it's meat or coffee or salt, not too much of the, the yin foods whether it's alcohol. Not, not that there are, there are good foods and bad foods. You know, some people like to categorize foods as, as bad or good, but as I say, it's a question of balance. For example, alcohol, you know, it's a highly yin type of a food, but by the same token, you know, we know that moderate wine consumption, for example, has cardiovascular benefits. So everything in moderation and just be aware that eating more yin foods makes you more yin. Eating more yang foods makes you more yang. <laughs> Perfect summary. Well, thank you very much for your time and uh, for some great advice. We really appreciate your knowledge and we look forward to having you on again. But in the meantime, you can get some more information on Ken Babel and his website is nutritionmusician.com. I like that ring. Uh, and congratulations on your new book. We look forward to your next visit. Thank you. A pleasure to be with you. The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition.